one of the most peaceful renditions of any music I've ever heard. (laughs) Thank you so much. In the name of Jesus Christ, I welcome you here this morning to the sanctuary of the Lord. Our sister Megan has certainly set the stage by which we can prepare ourselves to worship. The Lord has prepared for us another marvelous and beautiful day. We're about to spend an hour worshiping Him. And in order to do that, we need to prepare ourselves for worship. That preparation would involve abolishing any worldly cares that you might have. May those worldly cares for an hour leave us. And may we now cast our eyes upon Jesus. And may we now cast our hearts upon Jesus. But most importantly, right now we need to focus our thoughts upon our Lord and our Redeemer. And I call you now to worship by the reading of the second book of Nephi, chapter 11, the 56th and 56th verses. And now behold, I say unto you that the right way is to believe in Christ and deny Him not. And Christ is the Holy One of Israel. Wherefore, Ye must bow down before Him and worship Him with all your might, mind, and strength and your whole soul. And if ye do this, ye shall in no wise be cast out. May the Spirit of the Lord infill you now and prepare you for the worship that lies ahead.
and eternal Heavenly Father. It is with joy in our hearts, Lord, that we look to You. We lift our eyes to heaven and we gather together this day. A group of Thy saints entering into this house of worship which You have blessed. And Lord, I wish to present them to you. And I do so in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I would ask a blessing upon them even now. That as each soul has entered in here, Lord, you know each and every one of them, for you have created them. You know each and every desire and concern and care and sorrow and joy within them at this moment. And so, Lord, I would ask and petition Thee that Your holy angels would encircle this place and continue to watch over and keep it. That that Holy Spirit, which reigns with You and carries out Your perfect will, would be dispatched to this place. That it might be free to mingle with our spirit and with that Holy Ghost which You have given to us. And that you would bless our brother Bill, that as he stands in that Melchizedek office with that mantle, that you will allow him the liberty and the freedom to speak those words of life to us. Would you please enlighten him and infuse him with that knowledge and understanding which we need for this day and this hour. Lord, we know that all of this is possible because of Your Son, Jesus Christ, and of His sacrifice which He has made for all of mankind. And Lord, I would ask that You would indeed pour out Your blood upon this people and cleanse them of their sins, that they might be free to worship Thee in spirit and in truth, and their hearts would be released from that bondage which binds them down, and that their hearts would ascend up unto You in their minds, and that they would be drawn out in joy and praise to You at this time. Lord, may You continue with us. Would You please bless Your people now. And I would offer them up to You now in the name of Your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Would you bow with me? Our Father, our God, who is love, I pray, Father, that your Spirit might be upon us at this time, and that that which we are about to do would be acceptable in your sight. Bless, Father, all who give and all who desire to give. May that which we do be an outward expression of the love that we have for our neighbors, our friends, our family, and our foes. And especially, Father, may it be a demonstration of our love for you. That that which is collected at this time would be blessed to the maintenance and the operation of your church. That thy kingdom might soon come here upon the earth. And that thy will might be done by this thy people. We come now, Father, to honor you and to offer you our all. And this we do in the blessed name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. like to share with you just a, two verses of scriptures found in the first chapter of the book of Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. 
Oh, oh, oh. 
I wish to greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's many things that's crossed my heart this morning. Those things I need to share with you. What the will of the Lord is for you to hear this day. As I've looked over you this morning and thought of those many times that we have shared together in our sorrows, in our joys, in our thanksgiving, in our praise to our Heavenly Father. You truly are my family in Jesus Christ. I do love you each one. I thought Joe might pick somebody that had just recently been to reunion. But it is my fate to stand before you this morning and share with you some of my experiences during those times that I was permitted to attend reunion. I'm sure that you have experienced that taste of Zion as you have been there. Where we had uh, more things in common than we do in this world. And it was a joy to me to remember and reflect on those times. I was permitted to go to Michigan just recently and spend some time with my family there. In that reunion that we had there in that place. And what a joy it was for me to be a part of that time. I drove up, which is about a 12-hour trip, and I met my sister, who had lost her husband just a few years prior. And our reunion, we made that bond again as family in Christ. And what a joy that was meeting her and her family once again and just rehearsing some of those many fond memories that we shared together in our youth. And those things that she couldn't remember, I remembered. And those things that she couldn't remember, I remembered. And it was a delightful time sharing there with them. I had set out to meet some of my friends in the course of our association there in the little town that I lived in, Onway, Michigan, which is the northern part of the lower peninsula. God's country, I always called it. Beautiful, the pine trees and the rivers and the lakes. Just a beautiful place. And uh, I had made it a point to see this one friend of mine that we grew up together, associated very much in the church together. And uh, I knew where he lived. I had been there several years ago. And I went and uh, I was told that he was out camping. Of course, it is that season. And so I missed him at that point. But I, I wanted to really share with him the importance of holding firm and fast to that gospel that is ours to share in this day. And I also wanted to meet some of my Zion's League group that we had, uh, my wife and I had been leaders for several years in our little congregation there in Onaway. And I was able to meet with a few of them. And this one uh, young lady that was a, a teenager at the time, 
I didn't make a previous announcement that I was going to come to visit her. But I pulled up to her drive, found out where she lived, and her husband was outside, and I just said, Are you the husband of Wendy Kimball? And he says, Yes, I am. And I told him my, my name and had come to, to visit her a minute. And she had just returned from a trip to Japan with her daughter. She had always wanted to go to Japan, and she was still in that jet lag. She was not yet quite awake. And he uh, opened that door. I came into the house and sat there at the dining room table, and the door to her bedroom was just off the living room, and I could see him going there, and he said, Billy Ormsby is here. They always called me Billy there in Michigan. And uh, he said, Billy Ormsby is here. And she awoke immediately and she proceeded to get ready. She had fallen back asleep and it was about 11 o'clock. She was still suffering from that jet lag and she came out and we embraced and it was a beautiful, beautiful reunion that we had with her. And the thing that she said was, when I woke up and I heard your name, I thought it was in heaven. She remembered that bond that we had in our youth together in that place. And it was refreshing to me. I remember coming out of that reunion situation many times after I had experienced that taste of Zion where there was the laughter and the sharing of God's good blessings to us each one and then coming back out into that world and hearing the name of Jesus spoken in that curse word. Oh, what a pain and shock it was to my heart to hear those words when they were taken in vain by my fellow workers and the people around me. It made me realize how much I had missed there in that place. If nothing else this day, I'd like to instill in your heart that inheritance that is reserved for you in heaven. As that scripture reading states there, according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again. He has begotten us again. Once in that spiritual realm, when we were created spiritually in the beginning, have you ever thought of your spirit as being millenniums old? You were created spiritually in the beginning before you were naturally created here upon this earth. So you have been gotten in that realm, in that realm of glory, before you were permitted to come to this side of this, this side of heaven. And it's because that lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead that we have been begotten again to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. This is the Lord's promise to each of us this day. 
as we are reminded of His holy love, that love that passes all understanding, how much He truly loves each and every one of us, that's very same. He's not a respecter of person. He loves us all. By His stripes, we are healed. By His blood, we are forgiven. He paid that ransom price for our redemption through His death on the cross. That justification has come to us all. He spent six hours on that cross for you and for me. Six long hours of suffering. In Mark 15:28, it says that they crucified him at the third hour. The third hour he was crucified. And from the sixth to the ninth hour, there were darkness over all the earth. It was on to speak that the earth shook and the rocks were rent. Have you ever driven along, especially along I-70, and seen those sheer rock faces where they have cleared out for the road? And all those rocks are in fractured cracks. That this was a, a sign to us, visibly, even this day, of that time that Christ bled and died on that cross for our sakes. Seven times He spoke from the cross. We remember the one that's probably most familiar after being flogged, tormented, tortured, mocked, spit upon, and looking down from the cross at those centurions that were crucifying him and parting his garments, he said, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I'm sure he said the same thing about you and I during the course of our life. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And that holy love that it has for us. And there at the cross was his mother, standing in her grief, witnessing that suffering and pain of her son. And beside her was standing that disciple, the beloved John. And he spoke to his mother and said, Woman, behold your son. And to John he said, Behold your mother. And we're told there in the Scriptures that from that day he took her unto his own house. And then that cry in the ninth hour, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And in that moment, I believe that that spirit of the Father was removed from His Son. He no longer was one in spirit. Because of the, de- the, the sins that were heaped upon our Lord and Savior, all of our sins in that moment, and that justification of sin is death. And then he said in his final remarks, Thy will is done. It is finished. And he gave up the ghost. 
He wants to be one with us even this day. I have thought many times of Christ walking among us, walking down this aisle and looking into the heart and soul of each person sitting here this day. Will we perk up and behold the beauty of His face and His smile and that radiance of His holy love? Would we be determined to be a better person, to love our family more, to share with them our love, unresolved, with no condition, Would He heal our sickness? Would He touch our hands? He wants to be one with us as He is one with the Father. His right hand is stretched out to receive our hand in His. To walk with us down life's journey one in spirit, one in His love. He wants so to guide us down this path. To take hold of our very soul, our very inner being, to awaken us to this point in time in which we live, this perilous time, this time of great wickedness, He wants to be that guide on our journey. To be that comfort and solace to us during those times of sorrow that we have faced so recently with many of our loved ones passing. He wants to protect us, to bring joy to us. Scriptures tell us that we were created to have joy, to have it more abundantly. He wants us to be happy, full of life, full of that hope that is in His promise of that inheritance of eternal life and celestial glory. And reading from 15th chapter of John, We read these words. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. It says there he wants to purge us, to prune us as those branches of his vine, that we might bear more fruit. He wants to be one in us as He is one in us. Have you ever thought about that promise about the sealing, the sealing of the Holy Spirit of promise? We are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise and we can read that from Doctrine and Covenants. 85, starting with the first verse. This is God's promise to that inheritance that is ours. Verily thus saith the Lord unto you who have assembled yourselves together to receive His will concerning you. Behold, this is pleasing unto your Lord, and the angels rejoice over you. The alms of your prayers have come up unto the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath, and I record 
in the book of names of the sanctified, even them of the celestial world. So here it's telling that our very prayers are recorded in heaven. In that book of the names of the sanctified, even them of the celestial world. Wherefore I now send unto you another comforter, even upon you, my friends, that it may abide in your hearts, even the Holy Spirit of promise, which other comforter is the same that I promise unto my disciples as recorded in the testimony of John. We know that this comforter is that gift of the Holy Ghost that was given to us at the time that we were baptized and confirmed into this church. This Holy Comforter is that promise of that sealing of that Holy Spirit of promise of that eternal gift and blessing as it's related there in verse 2. This Comforter is the promise even which I give unto you of eternal life and even the glory of the celestial kingdom which glory is that of the church of the firstborn even of God the holiest of all through Jesus Christ his son so we are sealed with this inheritance this holy promise of that gift of eternal life and even the glory of the celestial kingdom I think of ever before we must be aware of the signs of the times in which we live and all that we can do to prepare for that which is ahead. We are told that we are to face much tribulation in the last days. And many of us have faced that tribulation through those trials and tests that are ours. And we can see the world coming into that time of judgment. That time of judgment is at hand. We must put on the whole armor of God to be ready to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we know that he is very prevalent. He knows the scriptures and he knows the time which he lives. And he knows his time is short as well. And reading from Ephesians, the sixth chapter, concerning that armor, the whole armor of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take upon you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now I was per- permitted to share in our vacation church school this year on a particular Wednesday morning. And this scripture was perhaps part of our theme in that day. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. 
And I stood before those young people that day and tried to make it a visualized presentation to them about that shield of faith. I raised up my hand and said, this is like the shield of faith. We must have this shield of faith against the fiery darts of the adversary. And with this hand, I used that arrow coming against that shield. I raised it to my head for those darts that are shot at my brain to cause me to say things that I would regret later. Those confrontations I may have had. That was a shield of faith protecting me from that dart of the adversary. And then my heart. I put it over my heart and that dart was shielding that dart to my heart as well. For I knew that I had to remain humble, full of love, compassion, remembering those that stands in need. I've committed myself to be a prayer warrior for many of you that are here this day. And for all of you, in particular. And I've seen God work through that power of prayer. As you have seen those healings in your own life. I'm just reminded of my mother and her being my prayer warrior. She loved to tell the story of Jesus. And this is her, her Bible here. This is my mother's Bible. And as you can see, the many lines that have been underlined. And now I take it as her encouragement to me. These were her thoughts that she thought were so special. That she underlined them. And I'd like to read just a few portions of scripture from the book of Mosiah, second chapter which she underlined. Believe in God. Believe that He is and that He created all things both in heaven and in earth. Believe that He has all wisdom and all power both in heaven and in earth. Believe that man doth not comprehend all things which the Lord can comprehend And again, believe that you must repent of your sins and forsake them and humble yourselves before God and ask sincerity and insincerity of heart that He would forgive you. And then the last underline, or last verse, she double underlined. And now, if you believe all these things, see that you do them. That is her admonishment to me this day. And also I bring it to you that you would also believe all these things and see that you do them. I'm to preach nothing but repentance before thee. I look to the Savior behind us. Many times I've looked at His face. I expected to see him smile. But he doesn't have that smile on his face, but he's holding that lamb in his arms. He wants to hold you in his arms of love as well. To heal your broken heart, to heal your infirmities, to give you that joy that you've been created to. Certainly, He does love us as His children. May the Lord bless and keep each of you is my prayer.
Our Heavenly Father, how do we approach Thee, Lord? We humble ourselves before You, Heavenly Father, giving thanks to You for this opportunity that we have had today to come to be taught to hear the words from your servant, to hear the blessings which you have given to us, to realize of our own selves how much you love us, how much you care for us. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you might offer a blessing unto these people. that your Spirit may attend them, that we would not forget that thou art the Creator, we thank you, Lord. We merely ask a blessing upon your people now as we leave this time this time that we have spent with you, with our brothers and sisters. Bless them. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.